All right. Well, how many of you are excited to be in the house today? Amen. Listen, if you are a guest with us today, I just want to say it's an honor to have you in the church family with us. Come on, church family. Would you give it up for our guests this morning? And online, if you are joining online, whether you're a guest or not, we welcome you guys. Give it up for our online family that show up every week. Yes. And so our, our prayer and our goal for you when you attend service is really a couple of things. Number one is that our prayer is that you experience the, the presence of the Holy Spirit during the worship time. How many of you would say that you experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit during worship this morning? Fantastic. Okay. The second goal is that you would receive a word specifically for you during the service. Sometimes that's not from me. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just speaks to you in the middle of service. Anybody ever had that happen? Okay, fantastic. So our prayer for you, number one, is that you would experience the presence of God. Number two, that you would receive a word from God specifically for you. Sometimes we come to church and we're like, God, would you just prove yourself? Anybody ever been there? And like God shows up and proves himself to us so many times. And then number three is that you would have fun. Does anybody have fun at Clawson? One of the things that we say here a lot is one of our values is that at Clawson, this is where the party starts. So a lot of time I'll be like, hey, y'all ready to start the party? When we get out of prayer, I'm like, all right, y'all, let's go party. Anytime anybody asks me, how you doing? I'm partying, babe. That's what I do. And so like my whole life is a party. Why? Because I got Jesus on my side because of everything that he's done. I can party every single day. Somebody say amen. And so when you come to church, we hope and pray that you're not just sitting there going, man, I'm just not sure what's going on. You're like, yeah, baby, this is where I want to be. And so that is our prayer and our hope for every person that attends this place. That's kind of crazy, and that's okay. Every church is different, amen? If you don't like the party atmosphere, there are churches that you can go sleep at. It's just not this one. It is not this one. Well, I, I guess I can officially say that we're in the Christmas season. Okay, let me tread carefully. How many of y'all love the Christmas season? Okay, I don't have to tread very carefully. How many of y'all are more like Grinch during the Christmas season? Okay, it's about half and half. I like this crowd, so I'm only gonna be judged by like half of y'all. This is good. Um, can I just say that I really think it should be illegal um, to start putting Christmas stuff up and playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving? I, just, I, I need to throw that out there. Um, I was at, I'm just going to call her out. I was at my sister's house uh, for Thanksgiving. And uh, she's somewhere in here and she's wearing some kind of green Christmassy deal. She was up here worshiping on the stage. But listen, it's, I'm okay with you getting like seven days. Like seven days is good. But after Thanksgiving, what happens is every radio station starts playing Christmas music. During Thanksgiving this year, I'm like eating ch chicken and dressing and I'm looking at a Christmas tree going, what the crap? It is not Christmas. It is Thanksgiving. Like, I don't understand what's going on. How many of y'all would agree it should be illegal? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Like, yes, we're celebrating this season of Christmas tree. I mean, of Jesus. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm just playing. Listen, if you love the Christmas season, I just want to say I, I love Jesus. And he's what the season's all about. And so I actually love the Christmas season because of Jesus. I just don't like all the other things that go with it. And so, hey, listen, um, Christmas. Anybody ever had to preach on Christmas? Like during the Christmas time? Can I say to you, it is super challenging every year to come up with something different for the Christmas season. You know why? Because there's only one Christmas story. Like you look through the Bible and you find hundreds of thousands of stories that you can preach on. But when you get to Christmas, the three weeks building up to Christmas, there's only one story. And there's only so many ways 
that you can preach that one story. So every single time October hits and I'm thinking, oh gosh, I got to figure out what in the world I'm going to do different for Christmas. Uh, it's, it's challenging to come up with something new for Christmas. But I also want to transition that by saying I've never been more excited to preach Christmas than I am this week, Th than I am this month. Uh, so I'm super, super pumped. We have a different style of series. It is a Josh Pogue. It's going to be a Josh Pogue type of Christmas. Not Grinchy, but very just building up, encouraging Josh Pogue type of Christmas this year. I'm super, super pumped. We're starting a series called Emmanuel. Everybody say Emmanuel. And so uh, this week, I'm not telling you what the message is yet, but next week, my dad's going to come back and he's going to preach a message called, And the Word Became Flesh. And listen, if you've never heard my dad preach, he is like, he's been doing it for like 35 years. He is awesome. You don't want to miss that. Uh, and then the next week, I've actually, I don't know that I've ever been more excited to preach a sermon than I am the sermon I'm preaching in two weeks. Uh, the, the sermon title is called, And He Shall Be Called. Um, we know he shall be called Emmanuel. He should be called Jesus. He should, you know, there's, there's 50 something names for Jesus. Did y'all know that? But did you know he actually only has one name? And did you know that, well, I'm not going to get into all that or I'm going to get into my message. But it's, so we're diving into the name of Jesus and diving into his names and all the different things that go with his names, the power piece of his names. Never been more excited to preach a message. You don't want to miss that in two weeks. It's super, super excited. Uh, but the foundational scripture for this series is found, if you want to turn there, um, uh, and this is also your memory verse, Matthew chapter one and verse 23. Matthew chapter one and verse 23. It says, look, everybody say, look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him, help me out, Emmanuel, Emmanuel which means God with us. Um, that's our memory verse. Listen, if you're gonna be here the next few weeks, you have a few weeks to memorize, super easy memory verse, recite it at the, uh, the Connect booth in the back and you have a chance on December 31st during our celebration weekend service to win a cruise. All you gotta do is just do it one time. Now there's some people that are gonna have 12 names in there because they've been memorizing memory verses for all the different series. But uh, I just encourage you to memorize the memory verse, uh, speak it to them. And then today the title to the message is, y'all ready? She's pregnant. How did that happen? She's pregnant. I told you, it's Josh Pogue. How did that happen? Anybody ever been pregnant before? Uh, let me put my hand down. Not me. How about this one? Anybody ever got someone pregnant before? Okay, nice. I've done that a few times. Uh, and so... Um, so listen, uh, I just have to ask because I want to see like the different styles of people that I have in the room. How many of you planned your pregnancies? Like what, what I mean is like you were like, uh, okay, we just got married. We don't want to have kids yet. So we're going to get hardcore on birth control. But four years in, we're going to plan and we're going to stop doing birth control. Like you planned your pregnancies. Let me see your hands. Okay. Not very many. All right. I think we had more at our Saturday night service. Okay. How many of you are more like Josh Pogue in every single one of your pregnancies, or at least some of your pregnancies came out as kind of a surprise? Oh, snap. Okay. This is my people. I love this. Okay. So listen, uh, I don't know if y'all know this about me. Probably several of you know this about me, but I got married in high school. Uh, anybody else get married in high school? 
Whoa, super cool. Okay, you can put your hands down. Uh, so I got married in high school. I was a senior and we decided to get married during our Christmas break and drive to Nashville, Tennessee for our honeymoon. And so true story, we get married here at the church, um, 2004, and we take off to go to Nashville, Tennessee. We get to the north side of Nacogdoches and my wife realizes that she forgot some stuff. So we're like, okay, we're not that far. We'll just turn around and go back. We come back to the church. We pick up the stuff that we need and we take off. We get on the north side of Nacogdoches and she realized she forgot some other stuff. This is, so we come back and we turn around and we drive back to Claus and we pick up the other stuff. And then we get to Nashville, Tennessee and she realized she forgot her birth control. If you're going on a honeymoon at 17 and 18 years old, you can forget a lot of stuff, okay? Like you can forget clothes, it's okay. You're gonna be in the hotel room most of the time. What you cannot forget at 17 and 18 years old is birth control. Can I get an amen? Okay, so she starts freaking out. And I said, hey, it's honeymoon. I'm sorry. Like, there's a lot of things that we're postponing, not that. And so, uh, so six to eight weeks after, six to eight weeks after the, um, after the honeymoon, we're, we're sitting, actually, I'm sleeping. I'm dead asleep in the bed. And, um, and so Chrissy comes in and she is just, ah! It's three o'clock in the morning and I'm like, oh my God, who died? What happened? And so I jump up and I'm like, babe, what is going on? And she yells, I'm pregnant. And I said, well, babe. And she said, this is your fault. <laughs> and I said, I'm not the one who forgot the birth control when we went on our honeymoon. That was you. That's, this is not my fault. And uh, so um, anyways, listen, it happened two more times. I still her fault. I just, if you want to throw that out there to her. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny to go back and look at our graduation pictures because at our graduation pictures, she was about to have a baby. And uh, as you can imagine, that's always fun. Um, hey, let me ask you a question. Has anybody ever known someone to get pregnant and have a child that was a virgin? Okay, now here's some fun, here's some fun things for you to know. Did you know that there are studies that get done every year on how many women say that they're a virgin and they're pregnant. <laughs> this is fun. There was a study done in 2013 on teen pregnancies where out of 5,300, let me get the number right, 5,340 girls that were, were, were being studied, they were pregnant, 45 of them said that they were a virgin. Did you know that every year in America, we have out of all of the women that get pregnant, that 0.8% of the women that get pregnant claim that they are a virgin. I think Americans, some of them may not know how this happens or maybe what virginity is. Because what I have found is that people that get pregnant are not virgins. And can I get an amen in the building? Is this a little uncomfortable for y'all? Because now it's getting uncomfortable for me because you're not helping me out very much. It kind of reminds me of the story, uh, some of you may have heard this story, the story of the African king's daughter. She was not married and believed to be a virgin, but her stomach began to grow. And if you know anything about Africa, what you know is there are, um, there are issues with the water in Africa, and there's different types of diseases that whenever you drink the water, you can get this disease and it will cause your, your stomach to grow. And so her stomach began to grow and her, um, somebody came to her father, who was a king, and says to him, Hey, what are we going to do about this? Your daughter obviously is looking like that she's pregnant. He says, no, no, no. My daughter's not pregnant. She's a virgin. Everybody say she's a virgin. She's a virgin. 
My daughter's not pregnant. She is a virgin, okay? And so what she must have is she must have this shaka disease, okay? Because this shaka disease will make your stomach grow. Well, for nine months, she has this shaka disease and then a baby comes out. And they name him Shaka Zulu. Anybody ever heard of Shaka Zulu? He was a warrior, a huge, massive warrior. That is the story of Shaka Zulu. Listen, here's the moral of the story. The moral of the story is obviously she was not a virgin. The truth is that a lot of times when people get pregnant because of the shame that they're dealing with, they wanna claim that they're a virgin or somehow miraculously this happened. And so then we get to the story that we're gonna talk about today. And there's this girl, her name is Mary. Everybody say Mary. Mary. Who supposedly is a virgin. She winds up getting pregnant. And the question that I'm asking is, how did that happen? Today, we're gonna be talking about the importance of us believing in the virgin birth of Jesus. Truth is, is lots of people have trouble believing in the virgin birth of Jesus. In fact, let me give you some statistics. Uh, This was back also in 2013. I don't know why all the studies got done in 2013, but in 2013, there was a study uh, done that was asked for adults over the age of 30 and under the age of 30 if they believed in the virgin birth of Jesus. And adults in 2013, over the age of 30, 25% of American people over the age of 30 said that they do not believe that Jesus could have been born of a virgin. Okay, now this is 10 years ago. Under 30, 34% of adults under 30 said that they did not believe that there was any way that Jesus could be born a virgin. Now, I want you to take and add 10 years in the world that we've lived in the last 10 years and imagine what those numbers would be today. Okay, we can believe a lot of things about Jesus, but it's super challenging for us to believe that he was born to a virgin. Why is it super challenging? Here's why, because it's impossible. Amen? Anybody know of virgins that... Okay, it's impossible. Physically, in the natural realm, this is an impossibility. And the question, number one in your notes that I wanna ask you today is do you believe Jesus was born to a virgin? Now, like I said, this has been attacked. It has been attacked this last three or four years. This has been attacked more than I've ever seen it attacked. You know why? Because in our minds, we cannot comprehend how in the world a virgin could get pregnant. In our minds, we can't believe, we can't comprehend how in the world this could happen. So this has been attacked, it has been attacked, it has been attacked. And I'm asking you the question, I'm asking you to take an honest look at yourself. Because what's happening is people are watching YouTube videos and they're watching false doctrine and it's making sense to them and, they're twi- and it's twisting their belief of the truth on things like Jesus could not have been born to a virgin. Okay, so we're gonna talk about this because I think it's super important what you believe. Now, I will say, I agree with the, with the critics that in the natural realm, it is impossible for Mary to have a, uh, have a baby if she is a virgin. How many of you would agree? But in the supernatural realm, that's actually a pretty small thing for God. I, I just want you to stop and think about God, okay? Can I believe that in six days, God created the heavens and the earth? Can I believe that even without doing anything with his hands, he just spoke and all of this came into existence. Can I believe that he came down to the earth and he grabbed a lump of clay and out of that lump of clay, he began to form out of that clay, me and you, creation, his creation. And then after it's formed, the Bible says that he breathed into this clay, the breath of life, the breath that you are breathing is not even your breath, it's his breath. 
Can I believe? I'm, I'm asking this question because I think it's super important. We're going to dive into this in a minute. Why is it so important for you to believe in the virgin birth? Here's the reality. If you don't believe in the virgin birth, you might as well just throw the whole Bible away. Do I believe? Do you believe? When I think about all of the things that God has done, when the Bible says that he formed us in our mother's womb, the Bible says that he brought the dead back to life. Listen, God did the impossible over and over and over and over again. So is it really that big of a leap of faith for us to believe that God did the impossible by Mary getting pregnant by the Holy Spirit? I think it's important for you to know where you stand, your belief in Mary uh, being pregnant. Why? Because it's essential to the gospel. Why is it essential to the gospel? Here's why. Because if Mary was not a virgin and this was not God's child, then this child could not have provided your salvation. So if you're in church and you're a Christian and you're following Jesus and you believe that Jesus is the savior of the world, it had to be God's child or he could not have been the savior of the world. If he was another man's child, he could not have done that. If he was an angel's child and an angel come down and somehow you can believe, well, it wasn't God, but it was an angel that came in, maybe a fallen angel. I don't know. You know, if you can believe that, then he still could not have saved the world. He still could not have saved us because he would not have the divinity of God in him and the humanity of us in him together. He would not have shared in both worlds. We have to believe if we're going to believe that he's the savior, that he was born fully human of woman and he was born fully God and that Mary was a virgin that became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Now I have to ask, uh, is anyone else like me and just kind of picturing that or saying that in your mind seems kind of weird. Anybody? Okay. Got a couple of heads shaking. Everybody's like, I ain't raising my hand on that one. Okay. It, it, when I say it, Mary became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. It almost makes me think of like Greek mythology. Um, anybody know any Greek mythology? Okay, in Greek mythology, we have Zeus that comes down and uh, he gets with a human woman and he sleeps with her and she has uh, a son and they call him. Ah, okay, last night they did not call him Hercules. His name was Hercules. Good job, guys. Uh, and so his name was Hercules. And this guy was half God and he was, obviously this is fiction, it's myth, but half God and half human. Well, in our uh, scenario, when we begin to think Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit, like it, it could get weird if we're not careful. So I want to help you with it not getting weird. Can I do that? Because it's really not weird at all. So let's get all of that out of your mind and let's read Luke chapter one, verses 26 through 28. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth a village in Galilee to a virgin, everybody say virgin, named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. How many of you might would have found yourself confused and disturbed? Okay, you know, that's the humanity. <laughs> Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. 
And then the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything that you said be about me come true. And the angel left her. Okay, so in this version, it says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Okay, in another version, it says rest on you. In Matthew, it says that she will become pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever read in scripture where the Holy Spirit has come upon people other than Mary? Okay, how many of you would say that the Holy Spirit has very powerfully came upon you before? Uh, anybody ever been filled with the Holy Spirit? Okay, wonderful, awesome, put your hands in. Anybody ever had the Holy Spirit come upon you and do like a healing in your body? Super cool. Okay, so uh, here's what you need to know. The way that this happened is exactly the same way that that happened, okay? Uh, so the Holy Spirit comes upon her. It's a miraculous touch from God. It's, there's nothing weird about it at all. Just like you received your miracle from the Lord and the Holy Spirit has done cool things in you. It was the exact same way with Mary. The Holy Spirit came and did a supernatural, so cool thing with Mary. So the question is, do you believe in the virgin birth? Um, number two in your notes, can we for sure can we know for sure that Jesus was born of a virgin? Can we know for sure that Jesus was born of a virgin? As we dive into this point, I want you to consider a few different, three different things. Everybody say three. three. I want you to consider three different things about this story. Number one, I want you to consider being Mary. Everybody say, I'm Mary. Okay, hi, Mary. Okay, wonderful. Okay, right now you are Mary, okay? Now I want you to think with, to yourself, Okay, let's put yourself in Mary's, in, in this scenario. And the angel comes and tells Mary, everybody say me, me, that she's going to give birth to a son. And what is Mary's response in the scripture? Does anybody remember? She says, how in the world is that gonna happen? Because I'm a virgin. She asked probably the most normal question to ask. I know how those things work. And I'm asking the question, how's that supposed to happen? Because I've never been with anyone. Okay, um, can you imagine the conversation that Mary is having with herself after the angel leaves? Anybody ever had God speak something to you and then once God is gone and he's not speaking to you anymore, like you're questioning, did God actually say that? Okay, can you imagine being Mary? Okay, did that really just, what was his name? G G uh, Gabriel, Gabriel comes to me. What did he say exactly? What was his words? I should have wrote it down. Did, he, did I hear him right? Did he say that, that God is gonna come and I'm gonna give birth to a son and call him Jesus and he's gonna be God's child? Oh my gosh, what is Joseph gonna say? Should I tell him? It's gonna be obvious. I, did, you know what you do? Can you imagine having those conversations with yourself? And then, and then when you get cool news, what do you do? You go tell everybody, can you imagine being Mary's best friend? Sarah, you're not gonna believe what just happened. Really, what happened? I was washing my clothes and then all of a sudden this angel showed up. His name was Gabriel and he told me that I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be pregnant with God's child. I might be pregnant right now. Yeah, let's, did you eat something? <laughs> 
um, hey, let's, let's maybe not tell very many people about this. Um, can, you, can you just imagine the conversations that she's having? Now, we, we don't, can you imagine being Mary's parents? Any parents in the room? Your daughter comes home and this is her story. It's real easy to look at, but when you think that's my baby girl and she's coming home, like, whose neck do I have to break? Right? Mary comes home and this is telling her, how about this? We actually don't know who all Mary told. Bible doesn't tell us who all Mary told, whether she told her parents. Was she, obviously, at some point she had to, but we do know that she told Joseph and we know what happens when she told Joseph. And I want to read that to you. And then we're going to put ourselves in Joseph's mind. Okay. And you're not Mary anymore. Everybody say, I'm not Mary. Okay, now I'm Joseph. Okay, now let's read this. Matthew chapter one. I'm gonna read verses 18 and 19. It says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. What do we know? We know that Joseph does not trust the story that she's telling. <laughs> Joseph, I got something cool to tell you. Okay, what's up? I'm pregnant. It's God's child. It's okay. Mary, I've heard a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, this one pretty much tops the cake. I mean, can you imagine? He obviously did not trust her. You know why we did not? We know that he did not trust her because the Bible says he loved her and he was a righteous man. He loved God. God, I love you. My, my woman trying to say that your child's coming through her. Hmm. I don't believe her. So I'm going to break off the engagement quietly. Now let's see what happens. Matthew chapter one, verse 20 and 21. It says, as he was considering this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son and you are to name him for he will save his people from their sin. Now we're going to skip the next few verses. We're going to jump down to 24. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him. Okay. I want you to consider being Joseph right now. If I'm Joseph... And Mary came and told me that story and I did not believe her. That means that I think she's sleeping around on me, right? And if I think that Mary is sleeping around on me, there is a 0% chance I'm going to be that baby's daddy. What are you saying? I'm not marrying her. Anybody else? Okay, I got better dads in the room than me. But if, we're, if she's cheating on me during the engagement time, she's definitely going to be cheating on me during the, the marriage time. So I'm out. So as you're considering, can we know for sure that Jesus was born of a virgin? You have to consider being Joseph because if the angel did not come to Joseph and actually reveal to him that Mary was telling the truth, I believe there's pretty much a 0% chance that Joseph is going back to, be, to, to, to marry Mary and be Jesus' father. Amen? Think about this. 
Joseph gets married to a woman and then doesn't have sex with her for several months. That's a tough honeymoon. Right? Listen, why did I say that? I didn't say that to be funny. I said that because I want you to understand this had to be God. For someone that's willing to go, that's a big sacrifice getting married. For someone that's willing to sacrifice all of those kind of things, there's no, like, I want Jesus to come and be pure. I want this to be a 100% God thing. I'm willing to do whatever it is that he's telling me to do. That shows me that this had to be God. Okay, then the third thing that I want you to consider. So consider being Mary, consider being Joseph. You're no longer Joseph. Everybody say, I'm not Joseph. Okay, thirdly, I want you to consider the prophecy that was given 700 years before Jesus was born. Before any of this happened, there was a prophecy in the Bible by a prophet named Isaiah. Everybody say Isaiah. Okay, here is the prophetic word that Isaiah gave 700 years before Jesus was born. In Isaiah chapter seven and verse 14, it says, all right, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. Everybody say virgin. Will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let me ask you a question. What are the odds that 700 years before this happens to Mary, that it's prophesied that this is gonna happen and that it actually happened What are the odds that all of that took place if it wasn't actually true? And that that whole story played out the way that it played out if it wasn't actually true. And we see that passage when the angel is talking to Joseph. When the angel is talking to Joseph, here's what he says to him in verse 22, Matthew 1, 22. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, and this is Isaiah the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means. So you tell me. I'm, ask, I'm giving you the information and I'm asking you to judge for yourself. What is more likely? Is it more likely that Mary got pregnant and it was Joseph's kid and he thought about divorcing her anyways, even though it was his kid and they had to hide it and then he got back with her Is that more likely? Is it more likely that Mary got pregnant and it wasn't God's child and she went to Joseph and it was somebody else's kid and somehow miraculously Joseph forgave her and came back and married her anyways? Or is it more likely that 700 years before this thing took place, that God prophesied through a prophet named Isaiah that this exact thing was gonna happen And then the angel came to Mary, told Mary what was gonna happen. She goes to Joseph and the story plays out exactly like he said, when when I know what I know about Jesus, when I read what Jesus did, when I have seen what Jesus has not only done in my life, but the things that he's done in the lives of the people that are in my family in this church, there is no way that anybody could ever try to tell me that Jesus was not born of a virgin. Why? Because that really starts my belief about Jesus. You tell me what's more likely. Number three in your notes. How does this affect us? 
how does this affect us? I think that we have to understand that it affects everything about what we believe. Listen, because this is where I kind of get excited about this. Because I believe that this physically impossible thing took place, I have no problem believing that Jesus taught everything that the Bible says that Jesus taught. Because I believe this physically impossible thing took place, I have no problem believing that Jesus put hands on people and they were healed. That he walked around and cast out demons and the demons left. I have no problem believing that Jesus, that the religious people were so mad at Jesus because he was the savior and because he was claiming to be the Messiah. And what did the Bible say? It says that, he was gonna, that people were gonna call him the Messiah. All the things that the word prophesied about Jesus happened. I have no problem believing that he died for my sins and that the Bible says that his blood washes away my sins and that I am confident that one day I'm gonna spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. Why? Because he was born of a virgin because he's the only supernatural human that's ever walked the face of the earth. Y'all, and really that just kind of starts the beginning of it. Because I believe those things, I believe his work is not done. I believe that he can save people. That sometimes we have trouble believing that he can save. Anybody know some of those people? My, my wife's got family. Maybe I shouldn't call that kind of thing out. She's got an uncle. I've never seen him without a beer. Never in my whole life. I've been in that family for 20 years. Never. And there was this one time we went to a family function and I was like, hey, I'm not gonna tell you his name. Hey, he ain't got a beer in his hand. And he was kind of standing sideways and he turned. And I was like, oh, <laughs> he's been an alcoholic my whole life. He's pretty much most of his whole life. You know what most people would believe about him? Here's what most people would believe is that if he put beer down, he would die <laughs> because his body would not be able to take it. And in the natural realm, that probably could happen. If he was to completely stop drinking, he would die. But listen, we serve a supernatural God. You know what that means? That means I have absolutely no problem believing that if God was to get a hold of his life and he was decided to put that thing down, that he would, his body would be absolutely just fine. I have no problem believing that addicts that have been addicts for 50 years can walk away from it in freedom and that God can touch them and God can heal them. Why? Because I've seen it done over and over and over again. Listen, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying what you believe is super important. Is it really that big of a deal that I don't believe everything? Yes! Yes, it is. Because if Satan can convince you that there's not a heaven and a hell, if Satan can convince you that, that, that Jesus was not born of a virgin, if Satan can convince you that some of this is false, he can convince you whatever he wants. What you believe is so important that when Jesus was walking the face of the earth, some of my favorite things in, 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 the, in, the, in the scripture, I love when Jesus is walking and the woman with the blood issue, she thinks, if I can just touch him, she believes. Nobody else believes for her, but she believes if I can just touch him and she is fighting through this crowd and she is crawling through this crowd and finally she touches him and she's healed. And you know what Jesus says to her? She's like, I touch you, the garment healed me. You know what he says to her? Because you believed, it was your faith that healed you. I believe so many times 
We are not receiving supernatural things from God because we're struggling to believe. Church family, I'm asking you, would you allow God to stretch your faith for your family? Would you allow God to stretch your faith for your marriage? Would you allow God to stretch your faith for your children? Would you allow God to stretch your faith for your healing? Would you allow God to stretch your faith in whatever area God supernaturally wants to move? I'm asking you, would you believe? And we start by believing that Jesus was born of a virgin in this Christmas story. And then after that, we just believe that today he's still doing the work that he was doing back then. Would you stand with me this, this morning? I want to close with a story. I want to challenge you, Clawson family, during this Christmas season, 2023, to believe way outside of the box of what you have believed to be impossible, to be possible. Listen, just because something's impossible does not mean it can't be done. Why? Because we serve a God of the impossible. There was a, a story that I read this past week. My dad gave it to me. I thought it was super funny. A little boy comes home from children's church and uh, his mom, she says, what'd you learn at church today? And he thinks for just a second and he said, I learned about this guy named Moses. And she said, okay, well, tell me about it. He said, well, this guy named Moses goes to Egypt and, 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 and God's people were enslaved in Egypt and, and God brought the people out of Egypt. And so they're leaving and, and Moses has got like 2 million people that are walking with him and he's, he's walking, he's walking these people. And then they get to this Red Sea and they realize that the Egyptians that were enslaving him that they're chasing them. And so Moses is like, guys, we got to build a bridge. We got to build a bridge. And so all these two million people, they start building this bridge across the Red Sea. And somehow they get this big, this bridge built across the Red Sea and all the people take off running and they make it over on the other side. And once they get to the other side, then the Egyptians are on the bridge and they're almost there. And all of a sudden Moses calls in an airstrike. And the military sends in these missiles and blows the bridge smooth to pieces. And all the Egyptians go down to the bottom of the Red Sea and they die. And she said, is that really what you learned at church today? And he said, no, but I didn't think you'd believe the real story. <laughs> Listen, sometimes I believe with all my heart. Sometimes our disbelief is what's stopping God from doing the supernatural in our lives. If I don't believe he was born of a virgin or I don't believe he did miracles or I don't believe why would I believe anything in the supernatural for me? What do you believe? Super important. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Altar team. Would you step out and come to the front? Get ready to pray. Would you guys go ahead and just begin to pray? Holy Spirit, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just begin to do a work. Speak to us. God, I don't want it to be me speaking to people. I want you right now to grab a hold of people's hearts. Speak to them what you want them to receive from the service this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I believe with all of my heart that there are people in this room that you are struggling with what you believe about God, 
that you're struggling with what you believe about Jesus, you're struggling with what you believe about the Bible, and today I wanna ask you, would you take a step of faith and believe in the impossible and allow God to do a new work in you? I believe that there are people here today that God wants to heal, but you haven't come to get prayer because maybe you've believed for healing for everybody else but you haven't believed for healing for yourself. I believe that there are people in this room that God's been trying to use you and he's been asking you to step out and do a work for him, but you haven't believed in yourself. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Here's what I wanna tell you about belief. As soon as you step out and begin to believe and you see God move, it just grows in what you can believe. I used to struggle with so many things in my faith. And when I began to ask God to grow my faith, he began to give me chances to grow my faith. And every single time that I would believe for more, I would begin to see more. And now I can believe for anything. Every head bowed and every head closed. I want to open up these altars. If God is speaking to you, if the Holy Spirit is challenging you, if you know God wants to do a supernatural work in you and he's drawing you to the front, he's drawing you to come and spend some time with you, he's with him, he's drawing you to come and get prayer. If you know that you need prayer or you need to be at the front praying, come on, step out right now.